Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoyk. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Books. Today, we have a special episode on tap for our listeners. Uh, Anna, those people who listened the early days behind the books, remember that one of the first people that we interviewed was Ann Kerr, who works at the Lawrence headquarters branch. So after a wonderful tenure here with the Mercer County Library System, Ann has decided to retire. So we have a little special tribute that we put together for Ann Kerr that we'll get to. And also, as our author guest, we talked, we spoke with Irish Yamashita, who is a actually put out a first time novel. And we talked to her about what went into getting her first book written and her transition from writing as a screenwriter. So I think it's going to be an episode that people will enjoy. And and I know that you've known Anne for a long time and are happy with what we've put together for this episode. Yeah, I've been here. I started working at the Mercer County Library System in 2007. And to put it in context, Anne started working at the Mercer County Library System in 1975. So she's got a little bit, little leg up on us on how long we've been at the, with the library system. So she really has seen just so many changes, uh, which we interviewed her about, um, which we will link to her interview in our show notes so that people can hear what she had to say about her experience working at Mercer County Library System. Uh, But we, I'm very much looking forward to sharing with our listeners those thoughts and comments that people had to share about their experience working with Ann Kerr. And we reached out to some of her current co-workers, some of her former colleagues who moved on to other branches and some of the other people that work here in the library system. And they got back to us with some, just some thoughts on Ann as a person and working with Ann and what they've meant to her. And, and we've strung it together here for people to take a listen to. Hopefully everyone enjoys it. Hi, Anne, this is Ellen. How I will miss your wit, sense of humor, and great depth of wisdom. You were an invaluable mentor to me when I first began at the Lawrence Branch back in 1994 and continued to be a wellspring of knowledge, experience, and friendship as the years and my responsibilities grew. You are possibly the funniest person I know, and we will all miss your Friday morning music, summer activities and antics, and holiday mischief. Thank you for your years of mentorship and my many music boxes. You deserve all the best in your retirement, and please visit us often. Hi, Anne. This is Gina from the administration office. I want to congratulate you on your retirement. I know that the staff and the patrons of the library system are going to miss you very much. I hope you enjoy this next chapter and everything it has to offer, and take care. And it's James. I'll never forget that time you booked the Supremes for a holiday party. I'm very appreciative of everything. You're a great librarian, a great co-worker, and a great friend. And we're all going to miss you a lot, but wish you the happiest of retirements. Hi, Anne. This is Dana from the Hopewell Branch. I just wanted you to know that you are such an inspiration. Working with you was an absolute pleasure. 
I'll never forget all the fun you brought to the library with our flea markets, ice cream parties, Christmas plays, and hilarious games. You'll be greatly missed, but I wish you all the best in retirement. Hi, Ann, this is Laura. You are the unqualified national treasure of our library system. Queen of the clippings file, all-knowing maven of ready reference, and adaptable to changing library technology throughout the decades. Much more than an old guard librarian, you have touched the lives of patrons and staff alike with your fun-loving cheer, friendship, leadership, sense of humor, zest for life, and no-nonsense take on problem solving. You are the energizer bunny of life and librarianship and have set a standard for all of us. Hi, Ann, it's Dick Cavallo. You know, if I say anchor quickly, it sounds like anchor. That's exactly what you've been to this system and especially to this building since I've been here. Your smiles, positive attitude, guidance have been an inspiration to many, including myself from the early days of the expansion through today. I loved your Christmas parties and plays and you'll be greatly missed more than you realize. Have a great next adventure in your life. Take care. Hi, Anne. This is Sharon. Congratulations on your retirement. Thank you so much for being a wonderful coworker, a good friend, and a mentor. I'm looking forward to have more fun, more poetry time with you in the new year. When I think about Anne, I consider myself as one of the many lucky people who've had the chance to know her and interact with her. Her expertise, passion, and dedication in the library were contagious. Her simple, illuminating words of wisdom offered with a smile and at the right moment have extended beyond working with her and into my personal life. We will keep mentally checking on her advice with questions such as what would Anne say and what would Anne do? And we have faith that she will keep coming to the library even though not as an employee. I'm not saying goodbye, but I'm using the chance to say I love you, Anne. Albena. Hi, Anne. I want to wish you the very best in your retirement. Thank you for being such a wonderful co-worker, woman, role model. I really admire your intelligence, your creativity, all the fun that you brought to everyone. Um, I know I told you that I've taken some of your ideas and I use them in my family. So I want to thank you for that, just for being who you are. And I wish you peace and fun and love in your retirement. And I know that we'll still see you. Please keep in touch. Love, Lisa Roger. Thank you. And my dog is here with me right now. Bye. Hi, Anne. It's Andrea from the Hickory Corner Branch, formerly your coworker at Lawrence. I just want to wish you the best of luck in your retirement and thank you for all the fun we had together when I worked there. I'll never forget those Friday morning farmers markets. On the occasion of Anne Kerr's retirement, I say, and I think I speak for everybody in the system, um, what took you so long? Ha ha, that's a joke. And I always admired the fact that you did what you thought was right and 
you could get other people to do stuff too. And you managed to be uh, quite the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mentor to a lot of people without coming across that way, which is quite a, um, an accomplishment. Hi. Uh, this is Laura. I work in the IT department here at Mercer County Library System and I've worked with Ann Kerr for over 30 years and I just wanted to wish her all the best in retirement. She's been an absolutely terrific person to work with, a good friend, and I'm sure she's going to be missed greatly by all of our staff and our patrons equally. So Ann, I hope you enjoy lots of travel and good times in retirement. All the best. Anne, how could I have known my first day on the job, the gigantic surprises I would find in you? I saw evidence of desk, book, shelf, and chair, not knowing this library was cocooned in your spirit. I picture you long ago, a phone at each ear, building file after file to disseminate information at a touch. You initiated so many programs, podcasting, book club in a bag, meditation, stretching exercises for seniors, drum circle, our new photo rescue and revenue stream, ice cream social, 11sies, the King Kong plays, and on and on. We're all due to your fostering. You make each of us proud of what we have to give, and some of us try to give our all because of you. And you have taken me into your heart, into your family. You've shown me how to love better my family, my friends, my life and how to take responsibility for shaping it well and for living lightly on the planet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Long life and happiness, my dear friend. Happy retirement, and we'll miss you. And I think Julia Cudahy's final remark there sums it up for everyone. We wish Anne a happy retirement and we will miss her. It was such great fun collecting everybody's stories, sharing their experiences working with Anchor. Um, I know she has left an indelible mark on the Mercer County Library System as well as librarianship in general. We do want to thank everybody for participating, um, but I do want to also share some programs that are coming up for the Mercer County Library System. There's a lot that we celebrate in February, and one of them is Valentine's Day, and we have a very special program on Thursday, February 2nd at 7 in the evening. It's going to be Vintage Valentine's Day Postcards, which will be presented by Mr. David Burchell, who is uh, the current librarian of the Washington Crossing Card Collectors Club. And he also is uh, a senior adjunct professor of history at the Mercer County Community College. So I think it'll be a very interesting and fun conversation. Um, he has some great images of all these historic Valentine's Day cards. But then of course, February is also Black History Month. And we have lots going on virtually as well as within the branches. So I do encourage you to take a look at our calendar, which we will link to in the show notes. And also, Anna, one thing that we talked about in the last episode was the reading challenge that we have for 2023, where people can go online and, and download the form that has the reading challenge. And there's different books that people can read. And I wanted to update you on my progress, because while I'm always way behind in the winter reading challenge. I've actually gotten two out of the 25 things knocked off the list already on this one. Would you consider that good? 
I think two's ahead of the game. So yeah, that's that. no two's like on on par for getting it done through for the year. Because there's 25 things, right? And yes. 12 months in the year. So if I could get one month where I can knock off three, I might be able to complete this challenge. All right. Well, I'm excited. Tell me which ones, what categories have you uh, marked off? I marked off the one about a book that was set in another country because I read a, a book called The Deadly Divide, which was for our one of our book groups here. And it was set in Canada. And then I read a book about a person, A Path Lit by Lightning, biography of Jim Thorpe. Nice. So I've done two as well. I've got um, a collection of short stories. I read Alice Walker's In Love and Trouble, an amazing collection of stories. And then for the gardening book club that takes place at the Hopewell branch, which I am a part of, uh, I read this category covered um, chapter titles. You know how some of our books don't always have titles. It just says one, two, three, four, or there's no title or break at all. So this one actually had chapter titles and it was The Island of Missing Trees by Elif Shafak. Pretty good. It was very good too. I highly recommend it. Island of Missing Trees. I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to this challenge. I'm hoping to knock off everyone on the list, but I know some will be tougher for me than others, but I'm willing to give it a try. Sure. And one other thing that I'm looking forward to giving a try is the new book by Irish Yamashita, who we just talked to and people will hear in a moment. Both you and I were very intrigued by the book when we talked to her about it. And I think as soon as we got done with the interview, we were both checking to make sure that we'd have a chance to read it. That's true, Bob. So we both looked to see and the book is on or is on order and will be coming in if it hasn't already to our collection. And I think this is going to be my author for the reading challenge that um, an interview we've done on our podcast. There you go. So people should keep an eye out for City Under One Roof by Irish Yamashita, and we'll be back to talk with her in a moment. Iris Yamashita is an Academy Award-nominated screenwriter for the movie Letters from Iwo Jima. She has been working in Hollywood for 15 years and continues to develop for both film and streaming media. She has taught screenwriting at UCLA and is an advocate of women and diversity in the entertainment industry. City Under One Roof is her debut novel, which just came out on January 10th. Iris, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. Can you kind of give us like a little synopsis or like a little nugget about your book? Yes, sure. It's um, it's about Kara Kennedy, who's a female detective, and she's trying to solve a very gruesome murder in a tiny Alaskan town where all the residents live in a single high-rise building. Um, and it's inspired by a real place. It's a little remote city in Alaska, um, and people, most of the people do live in a single high-rise building. And um, I think one of the reasons is because uh, the winds can reach up to 150 miles per hour and the temperatures can dip below minus 35. So, you know, not ever having to leave the building could, could be a good thing, I guess. But it can also be claustrophobic, I imagine, um, which is why I thought it would be a perfect setting for a murder mystery. And it's also very secluded. 
right? I mean, you get there basically through a tunnel. Yes, that's correct. There's um, the only way in by land is uh, through a tunnel. And uh, when I had first been inspired by the real city at that time, the only way in by land was by train. Um, But in 2000, they did open up the tunnel to car traffic. And uh, in my story, of course, there is an avalanche, a blizzard in an avalanche, which traps the uh, protagonist, the detective in the town. And uh, the town is filled with um, strange and quirky characters who it seems like everyone has something to hide, including the protagonist, actually. How did you come across this town? Was it something that someone told you about or had you been researching? How did that how did that all come about that you found this setting? I actually um, had seen a documentary about this town. And of course, um, I mean, it was over 20 years ago, again, when the only way in was by train. So it just sat in the back of my mind as, oh, that is such a cool place. And, you know, there's got to be a story there. But I hadn't really thought of a murder mystery until much more recently when I was thinking of, uh, I was actually trying to think of a story for um, streaming media like Netflix or Amazon. And I thought, you know, a murder mystery, that would be really cool. And then I remembered this setting Um, And then I had enough material just thinking about the series that I thought, oh, you know, I think I have enough here to write a book. It's interesting you bring up how it was in your mind. It was marinating as a series because I think it reads that way. Like it's something if I had it on one of my streaming services, I would want to keep I would binge it. (laughs) I would want (laughs) to keep going to the next episode. And I think that that is captured in your chapters, like how it how it progresses from one to the next. I have trouble putting it down. <laughs> I mean. Oh, that's so good to hear. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I originally had thought of it um, for that media and I just, but I don't have any background. Um, I mean, I've written films, but I am not known in that um, space, in that arena. And so the odds were uh, stacked against me. So I was just going to write a sample. I was just, I just wrote um, a pilot as a sample of work to try to get my foot in the door. Um, but some producers were actually interested in um, selling the idea. So they want, you know, they they were like, well, but then you'd have to think beyond the pilot and you'd have to think of the whole series. So I started, you know, really mapping and outlining and everything and they even said, you know, and you should prepare, be prepared to say what would happen in a season two if they wanted to do that as well. So I, so I did a lot of work. I mean, it was um, over a year of just thinking of the story. So just coming up with these characters and these ideas. So that's why, you know, I, at the end of it, I was sort of like, you know, I have enough to, to write a book here. <laughs> I did a lot of work just thinking about it. So I think I can, you know, I, I need to get something out of this. So that's what happened. What was that transition like for you? Cause you've written for film and you've done a lot of the screenwriting. And then when you got to the point where you thought, I'm going to make this into a novel, what was that transition like in terms of the creative process? You know, I always did want to write a book since I was little, 
actually before I wanted to write for screen. <laughs> but the problem was that I could never finish a novel because it takes a it's a lot more of a torturous process in in my opinion. And um, you know, a screenplay for a movie for film, it's is like a hundred pages or so, and there's a lot of white space. So it's a lot easier to finish. So I switched, I had been taking night classes in writing novels and I switched over to screenwriting and then I was able to actually finish um, an actual, you know, a, a, a draft of um, a screenplay. And then I started turning in um, the screenplay to contests and then I won a contest where uh, one of the judges was an agent and that's how I got my foot in the door there. So, but my love again was always um, prose fiction, was always uh, writing a book and, and I always wanted to do that one day. Writing screenplays helped me to be a better writer in general, I think, because I learned sort of what the structure of a story was and I learned, you know, how to do character arcs. And um, there's a lot of things that do crossover from screenwriting and especially the discipline of it. That's interesting that you bring that up because the book actually is three points of view. You have Amy, who is a teenager who finds the body parts. And I like, I love saying that body parts. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Kara, who is the detective who you mentioned earlier, who comes into this community. And then Lonnie, who is this beautifully quirky resident um, that's part of the town. And I, 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 I'm just thinking about the continuity that's involved with that when you're taking these three points of view and you're blending them together and kind of keeping that straight in that process. Yeah, that is very different from uh, screenplays because usually you just have one point of view. But um, when I was crossing over to um, thinking of crossing over to series, you can have multiple points of view. So I was thinking um, in that direction that I would like to have uh, multiple points of view. Um, so, yeah, it, it was... Um, it was fun though. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being in different characters' heads. But yeah, I did. Um, it was a different process because I did have to go through at some point in of a draft with just one character because, you know, when you're writing different characters and then you skip from one to another, you kind of lose the voice. So I did have to do drafts of just one character to make sure they were consistent and that they were, you know, interesting in the same way. You mentioned earlier that you started off this whole process as something that you were maybe going to pitch as a screenplay. And now you came up with the book. So is it something that you think eventually down the road could be something that we'd be able to see a screenplay? Well, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. I So I do have a manager for my screenplays who they also have a book division. So we'll see if anything happens there. <laughs> so, well, yeah, we are. We I think we are um, talking to people, but, you know, you never know. So just I'm just knocking on wood that it will eventually make it to some format, whether for um, the big screen or the little screen. Well, it's got all the all the th parts that you need because it's got the nice quirky characters and it's an interesting story. And it's the kind of thing I think people would be drawn to to probably, like Anna said earlier, you know, it's the kind of thing like I got I got to see the next episode, the next episode. I hope so. 
Well, and it really does have, and I'm, you're probably tired of people analyzing, put, making analogies, but it really does have this kind of Twin Peaks, Northern exposure, even Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. I mean, it just, it has that kind of, that feel to it. So while I'm reading it, I keep wondering if there's a possibility that you're working on any subsequent material. Yes. I am working on a sequel. Thanks for bringing that up. And yes, I love Twin Peaks. I did watch, you know, I did love that show uh, when I was growing up. And, you know, I, I think there's also a, a bit of Alice in Wonderland in it. Um, that was actually a springboard for me because when I was uh, going through that tunnel to which I had mentioned where that's the only way into the city. Uh, it's a very narrow one way tunnel that switches directions every half hour. Um, and <laughs> so it's very narrow. And it feels like you're falling down a rabbit hole as you're going through the tunnel. So I felt like, okay, I'm going to end up in a really weird wonderland, you know, full of weird and quirky characters. So if I use that analogy, I, I kind of thought of Kara as the, the Alice going through the rabbit hole and um, Amy Lynn, which is the teenager, the character who finds the body parts. She's kind of the white rabbit that she sometimes follows for clues. And then Lonnie, who is uh, who has the pet moose and has a mental disability, and she also wears a different color beret every day. She's the Mad Hatter. <laughs> and I have a lot of other Wonderland references in the book that, it, you know, only if you're a geek like me, it, you, you, you know, you love that stuff. So, <laughs> well, you are in good company with the, with us right now. So thank you. We've been talking with Iris uh, Yamashita, who um, just released her debut novel, City Under One Roof. We highly encourage our listeners to check it out. And Iris, we wish you nothing but continued success. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Welcome back, everyone, as we wrap up this edition of Behind the Books. Thanks so much to Iris Yamashita for taking the time to talk to us about City Under One Roof, which I know I'm really looking forward to reading. Hopefully, we'll get our hands on that soon. But the whole concept of the book sounded very interesting, Anna, as well as just the way that she her transition in, into writing it. And I loved her, her little take on it, where she said it was Twin Peaks meets Alice in Wonderland. When she said it, I said, oh my God. I mean, cause yeah, just there, there's all these little things like the rabbit hole and other little um, Easter eggs, which, which I am not going to share. Um, you'll just have to read the book. But um, I did get to preview it with the galley uh, that, that was provided. And it really, and I said this when we were talking to her, it's very hard to put down. It's, you wanna know what's gonna happen in the next chapter. So I think her screenwriting, even though she didn't really have TV series under her, in her arsenal, I, th I think she's really using that skill uh, in a very solid way with this book. And I liked also that when we were talking to her, how it's got the three different voices and the quirky characters and, and you know, it's still a mystery and it's gonna be a great book to read, I think. And also, you know, we want to thank everyone who contributed to that uh, tribute that we had to for Ann Kerr in the opening part of the episode. 
we're all going to miss Anne. Uh, she's an institution, obviously, with the Mercer County Library System. Been here since 1975, which is probably longer than many of our listeners have been alive. I know we're all going to miss her. What people heard from the little recordings that everyone submitted, she's going to be missed by a lot of people. So a very special episode. Um, thank you again, Bob, for all your work that you did putting together everybody's contributions. I know that took a lot of time and I think it came out beautifully. So well done by you. And I will see you again in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. For more information about the Mercer County Library System, please visit us on the web at mcl.org. We are produced by Laura Narasik. Our thanks goes out to Kim Livingston for her technical expertise, as well as to Dana Benner for creating our cover art. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoyk.